0: It's extra drama for book number 52, White Lies. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to Sweet Valley Diaries. And I'm here again with Dr. Daniel Okobi. Hi, Daniel.
1: Hey. Great
0: Those question. too
1: much to get into. We, we, we barely scratched the surface.
0: We are <laughs> talking for so long. Valley I, Beach Community. <laughs> Chances are that the uh, episode that I actually released last week was not 90 minutes long. But <laughs> we have been talking about this book for a good hour and... 35 minutes or so but we have more to say and you brought up a great question in the main recap episode last week which was is john pfeiffer a good guy and that question was aimed at me but i am curious what you think the answer to that well
1: question. you know i i kind of want to hear the prosecutions case before <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, yeah go
0: <laughs> ahead no, no, I, I can, I can, uh, I can definitely uh, appease that desire. I think that John is. I think that John makes some poor choices in this book, and I worry that at the his his interest in the beginning, like where is his heart? Like, does he actually think that he needs to protect Jennifer from Rick? Like. Is that his motivation? Or is it just like, I want Jennifer to be mine. I don't want this other guy to have her. Because that is a very sort of like toxic and dangerous reason to start intervening in someone's life. But I do get the sense from John that even if nothing ever happened romantically between him and jennifer but he still really wants to protect her from making this bad choice with rick elizabeth as i pointed out in a passage i read in last week's episode does observe to him like it doesn't really seem like she wants to be rescued by you or anybody john so consider that um so i think i think maybe his heart's in the right place but it's a little hard to parse
1: the lady has agency. Sure. Uh, so maybe, maybe we should just talk about John qua John. Uh, yeah. I, I think that the the confused aspect is something to definitely consider. I guess John, I assume, is also maybe a junior. Um,
0: yeah. Another
1: person who's older than Jennifer and has a certain kind of conception on the romantic interest he has in Jennifer which is not even portrayed particularly two-dimensionally. <laughs> it's just like, she's pretty, and therefore, <laughs> he likes her. But that, that could just be an artifact of, of starting with this book. And John knows what he's kind of interested in, and he knows, more importantly, and that could end up going to the problematic direction, as you were hinting. And so he's trying to just, like, protect her and be her friend. And, you know, maybe something will come of that in the end. And he, maybe something will come of that in the end is doing a lot of work, because I think that's really what he yeah. wants. But, uh, yeah. But yeah, my directive is to, to block, or, you know, rock block Rick. <laughs> keep, him, <laughs> keep him down.
0: <laughs> well, and as you said in the last episode, the book ends up being the unlikely tale of how he is able to vanquish his rival without... You know, I mean, it helps that the rival is in jail. Like, so he puts the rival in jail and then is able to swoop in. You know, it's the dream, right? <laughs> he's yeah. living the, this male fantasy. Incel. So literally in a cell. I think that
1: <laughs> the <laughs> unlikely tale of how a great guy wins in the end <laughs> it does help that he's good looking, too.
0: Yeah. <laughs> he, he ceases to be an incel by putting his rival in a cell. That's that's uh, the story of White Exactly, it's, <laughs> <laughs> it's not it's not, but yeah, I, you know, I think that the 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 thing that we're talking about with John's like the cloudiness of John's intentions and desires, it is something that I think in reality it's would have been difficult for someone in John's position to even know for sure himself, to even have full clarity himself about about how much he's being driven by like what he really hopes will happen, you know, like. I think it's possible to have a fantasy about what could happen with someone romantically and be able to say, I know this isn't really reality. This is just a dream and I'm putting it aside. But to not like fully put it aside, even though you tell yourself you're going to.
1: Sure. But one thing, one thing from chapter seven, right? This is Jennifer stared at his back a moment, slightly surprised. In five days, John hadn't asked a single question about Rick's arrest, hadn't said anything about her botched plans to go to New York nothing he was just the same old friendly dependable John Uh, you know side note Mm. in the friend zone (laughs) Um, and it gets into a little bit later saying you know suddenly Jennifer felt a flicker of gratitude towards John uh, because John was like helping her get around to class and it says he was always so easy to get along with so non-judgmental and I'm like thinking to myself this dude's very judgmental (laughs)
0: Yeah, she just uh, and, doesn't
1: know. She doesn't know. And the the way you know is, in chapter one, it mentions that he made an impatient gesture with one hand. Drunk driving, brawling, vandalism. She knows it all thanks to her father. He's a lawyer, you know, at Wells and Wells. That's like things that Elizabeth is saying in response to John being impatient. because he had said, doesn't she know that he has a really bad reputation? And... I'm thinking there's some judgment on behalf of both John and Elizabeth. And, you know, in in that way, they're kind of like allies protecting the, I don't know, not yet tarnished by bad boys.
0: (laughs) Um, (laughs) Not yet tarnished. Yeah. Well, I think and Elizabeth. Yeah. As the book alludes, Elizabeth has a little bit of skin in the game because she has experienced having her reputation somewhat tarnished by proximity to Rick. But the but even that still is in support of what you're saying because it is all about reputation. Like because Rick is known as a bad as a bad boy, and it's like bad to be associated with him. The neighborhood, the town of Sweet Valley, has already judged Rick, and therefore judges all who are associated with Rick.
1: Yeah. And the the other thing that I had highlighted from that passage, just the drunk driving, like, you know, 80s or not, like, there was definitely a movement in the 80s with the Mothers Against Drunk Driving to Mm -hmm. increase or you know raise the, the age that you would have to be to legally drive to avoid the scourge of drunk driving in teenagers, which is the main reason why you have to, like, be 21 in a lot of states to drink, even though that's not... Actively enforced a lot of times. And right. And a lot of just, this, yeah, there's this like suburban mom judgmentalism that's perfusing that. <laughs> and that's what I thought about. It. And I was like, huh, yeah, I don't know, there's some judgment
0: yeah well i mean it's funny that you meant and now that you're mentioning it i'm realizing that while this book doesn't invoke it at all elizabeth also <laughs> was uh in an accident once that was caused by a drunk driver and she was in a coma so <laughs> oh
1: wow is that why so- she drives a fiat now
0: no, she drew, she drove the Fiat before, but she was a passenger on her old boyfriend Todd's motorcycle and she was forbidden oh. to ride a motorcycle because her cousin Rexy had been in a motorcycle crash, but she did it anyway after resisting for an entire book and then she wow. was uh,
1: Elizabeth. Yeah. Wild yeah. child.
0: yeah yeah especially after she woke up from that coma she had a real personality shift for the rest of that book but i would have loved your opinion on any of the books where a character is in a coma and the doctors tell somebody that the person will only come out of the coma if they can find the will to live you know they have to want it they have to want to come out of the coma oh
1: yeah not if they're kissed by the right guy
0: <laughs> well sometimes that's all it takes to want it, you know?
1: <laughs> um, Snow White is in a coma.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was gonna <laughs> say was, were Snow White and it. Sleeping Beauty both in comas? I guess I know, they sleeping were. Beauty, you're right,
1: you're right, no, Snow
0: White too. Snow White too. Snow White too? Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh man. There's too much <laughs> there's too much sleeping going on. <laughs> uh, although agree. weirdly enough, the, the raciest this gets is like talking about kissing mm. and coming back at like two AM. And her parents being like, "Ah, yeah, that's pretty late. I mean, if you're just going to be this tired, just don't stay out very late. Yeah. I'm like, I thought normally they would have like curfews and rules about being with boys, but maybe Mr. Mitchell has higher priorities. He's not super invested in restraining his daughter from the fullness of human experience.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that the Mitchell parents are pretty reasonable. Even though it seems like they're falling into like a classic parent trope of like, I forbid you to see that boy, like Mrs. Mitchell says exactly that. But it's like they're at their wits' end. Like, I don't know. I kind of <laughs> I understand where they're coming from. It's, I mean, if a different version of the story would be told from Rick's perspective and he would be like, he would be the kind of good guy with the humanity that, uh, that is just unseen by the rest of the town, but that's not that's not Sweet Valley High. That's that's a different <laughs> a different series. Where Good uh, question
1: are, are there are there like stricter parents in this series?
0: <laughs> yeah, there are uh, not the okay. Wakefields, but <laughs> there are stricter parents, yeah. and sometimes that's really the thing that drives the book is uh, parents being unreasonable or just like not trying hard enough to understand the kids. But then there's mm. books like this. <laughs> where the parents are reasonable, and the kids are the ones that are irrational. Just returning briefly to the topic of John, you mentioned that John was judgmental, and that Jennifer saw him as non-judgmental, the kind of irony of that. But one of the notes that I wrote down when I was reading this book toward the end, I had this moment of clarity, and it was uh, during the time that jennifer was complaining about her dad a lot and talking about how great rick was a lot and just being really kind of defensive and angry and spilling all that to john and i thought to myself how could john still like this girl (laughs) i guess i was just really put off by the way that jennifer was so angry about what happened with this guy rick and the story that she made up that she wouldn't go see her father before surgery. Like, it really didn't speak well of her character <laughs> in my mind. And I was like,
1: Well, you John... know, sometimes when you're really infatuated with someone, you're willing to overlook the clear evidence <laughs> suggesting <laughs> the contrary. Almost like Jennifer overlooked Rick's actual... Yeah being bound with this stolen stuff john is just overlooking the fact that he is like interacting with this girl i see
0: what you're saying i see what you're saying and i i think that maybe you're even saying that what the next book in the series should be about is uh somebody who really cares about john is trying to intervene in his relationship with this crazy girl, Jennifer Mitchell, because he's really going down the wrong path. So they're going to follow Jennifer Mitchell and they're going to watch her behave badly. And they're going to call the cops and report it. And then wouldn't that be great if the whole series was just that every, every book, it's like the next person. I
1: I just feel like since they have so much in common or at least more in common than uh, Elizabeth and her actual boyfriend I feel like they're just trying to inch forward Elizabeth John as a thing. You want to get but Elizabeth and John
0: together. All right. Interesting. I like it's it. It's definitely a it ship. for me. But
1: um, <laughs> since I guess uh, Jennifer has been redeemed to some degree in the era of her yeah. ways. And, I don't
0: really see you know. Jennifer coming back to play a big role in the Sweet Valley High universe. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I love the idea she's like, of shipping she's John up to him.
1: And Elizabeth. She's like yeah, looking at him of. with love.
0: Indeed. He was the one person who cared about
1: her. It's like a hard turn in Chapter 13 where they're like, well, let's talk about this tennis person. Yes. <laughs>
0: also speaking of what's actually going to happen in the next book. Um, yeah, it was sprinkled throughout. There's uh, some girl named Kristen Thompson. She's a sports girl. She's into tennis. And they started talking about it. Really,
1: they, they talked about it and they said, wait a minute. There's this tennis story that we should report. Slash a story that's not about Rick going to jail that we also have not reported that we should (laughs) report and i'm like wait they they don't they don't have a tennis team and yet like all the powerful people in this town play tennis like that that's very strange and then it comes out no actually there's like a dude who's on a tennis team but maybe they didn't have a female tennis team or maybe just Kristen thompson's been like working at it so hard she's like a
0: phenom she
1: her participation merits coverage but it was very good well
0: music. and especially since then she comes up again in the jessica aj plot line which is basically just jessica and aj will it last uh, which is also laying some groundwork for a future book that we'll talk about this season uh, but so jessica and aj are playing a game of tennis jessica's really good at tennis jessica like interacts with Kristen and says that they can hit the ball hit some balls around sometime and Kristen is like oh yeah maybe sometime i i cannot believe that i managed to leave this detail out of the main episode but as long as i'm talking briefly about Jessica and AJ there is something so amazing that Jessica says in this book let me find it it's Jessica's philosophy on men Okay, Jessica's talking to Elizabeth. um, uh, And she's Jessica's all proud of how she's handling things with AJ. She's convinced him to go to a party at Dana's house instead of going to the to dinner with his uncle like he planned. Both twins boyfriends have dinners with uncles in this book, which is interesting. Listen, you want to hear my philosophy about men? Elizabeth gave her a skeptical look. Uh, Not really, but you'll tell me anyway. That's right. Pushing herself up off the bed, Jessica sauntered over to the mirror and critically examined her face. My theory about men is you have to make them do what you want, she explained. She carefully picked off a clump of mascara and flicked it away. Otherwise, they'll never think of it themselves. So, that's our Jessica.
1: That doesn't sound like a very original theory about men.
0: (laughs) No, well, so Jessica basically. This is, I guess, I was, I did allude to it in the first episode that um, Jessica thinks she can just kind of make AJ do whatever she wants uh, by convincing yeah. him that it's what he wants to, and she is pretty successful with it. But it's starting to to cause some trouble. But anyway, they play tennis. They yeah. see Kristen, like she, Kristen Thompson. She just keeps on popping up, and then at the very end of the book all of the teens it's like it's a friday and everybody's all excited like winston egbert is on top of his volkswagen like cheering everybody like it's the weekend what are we gonna do this weekend sweet valley high it's it was really
1: well basically they've definitely anticipated the popularity of rebecca black
0: <laughs> right it's, <laughs> it's friday
1: holiday mood in the air it's actually just friday And everyone's going to go to the beach together.
0: That's totally (laughs) what's happening here. Like This would be a perfect music video if this were reality for for the Rebecca Black song Friday. Uh, And Elizabeth tries to convince Kristen to come along. And Bruce Patman is there too. He's like, Kristen, these tennis courts aren't for use on Friday afternoons. Which is just something he makes up to try and convince her to come along.
1: It it does mention when they introduce her that you know, she has this coach, and she <laughs> practices, like, every day, and that's why she's, like, this new tennis star. So She's really committed to this, which is uncool. Uh, like, even Elizabeth, who's kind of supposed to be a nerd, is not as committed to anything in particular. Like, this is a person who's actually focused on something, uh, which is
0: interesting. Yeah, she, and the, this is the only place we ever see Kristen Thompson in this book. This is a new character, and we only see her on the tennis court. So that's that's what the next book is gonna be about. And Daniel, I would love it, and I'm sure our listeners would love it, if you would tease book 53.
1: Is Elizabeth right? Is it true that there's nothing that will tear Kristen away from the tennis court? Find out in Sweet Valley High number 53, Second Chance. So you
0: heard it here first, Second Chance. Gladiators, all about another rando, Kristen Thompson and her tennis journeys.
1: Not to be confused with Tristan Thompson, a basketball player. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he probably had his own his own journey. Daniel, thank you so much for again for joining me. I hope you enjoyed yourself uh reading this book. And uh I don't think we really came down firm on the question of whether John Pfeiffer is a good guy or not, but I think it's not it's not a yes or no question.
1: I don't know. I mean, he's not a terribly bad guy, but he thinks he's a great guy, yeah. so. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe he's, he's not a good as good a guy as he thinks he is. Yep. Yeah.
0: I hope that's good enough for you, two gladiators. Thank you so much for listening. And remember, you can follow Sweet Valley Diaries on Instagram at Sweet Valley Diaries or on Twitter at Sweet Valley. And don't forget, you can uh, find all these episodes, you know, not only on all of your pod catchers of choice, but also uh, SweetValleyDiaries.net, the website that started it all. <laughs> all right. Thanks a lot, Daniel. And thank you to listeners. Bye. All right. Okay, I had to end it because I have to <laughs> use the restroom. Sorry if that's TMI. But it's we we had a nice long conversation. This was so much fun.